Job chapter 27. This chapter is a continuation of Job's speech that was in chapter 26. 1. And Job addeth to lift up his simile, and saith, A simile is a figure of speech. It's when you compare one thing to another to make a point. 2. God liveth, he turned aside my judgment, and the mighty he made my soul bitter. He says that God is alive. This is so true about God. Idols are not alive. But the living God is the real God. He is the God who is alive. And Job says that he has made Job's soul bitter, which means full of sorrow. And God has made Job's soul bitter in order to test his faith and in order to test his love. God is proving a point that Job will still love him even if God allows him to suffer. 3. For all the while my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God in my nostrils. 4. My lips do not speak perverseness, and my tongue doth not utter deceit. Job says that he doesn't tell lies. His way of life is not to tell lies, as his friends are doing. 5. Pollution to me if I justify you. Till I expire I turn not aside from mine integrity from me. Job says, I will not agree with what you guys are saying, because you guys are lying. I will not agree with a lie. I will keep my integrity and maintain that I do not have unrepentant sin. 6. On my righteousness I have laid hold, and I do not let it go. My heart doth not reproach me while I live. Job says, if I agree with your lies, then I'll become a liar. But I won't agree with your lies. I won't admit to sin that I'm not guilty of. 7. As the wicked is my enemy, and my withstander as the perverse. 8. For what is the hope of the profane, when he doth cut off, when God doth cast off his soul? Job says that if he is a hypocrite and tells a lie about himself by agreeing with his friends that he is practicing sin, then God will not honor that. This means that it's a sin to tell a lie about ourselves. Lying is always lying, even if we do it about ourselves. Job's friends are trying to pressure him into admitting that he is a practicing sinner, but he's not a practicing sinner. He's blameless, and he won't give in to their pressure. He says, I'm going to maintain my integrity and maintain that I have not sinned as you have accused me. In the Ten Commandments, it says that we are not allowed to bear false witness against our neighbor, but God loves us as much as he loves our neighbor, so we're not allowed to bear false witness against ourselves either. So when somebody tries to pressure you into taking the blame for a crime that they've committed or for a sin that they've committed, it would actually be a sin for you to say that you did it when you didn't. And Job won't do this. He's maintaining his integrity. He will not lie about himself. In history, this has actually happened where police have pressured people into admitting that they're guilty of a crime when they're not, or friends or colleagues have pressured people into admitting that they did wrong at work when they actually didn't. We can't lie about ourselves just like we're not allowed to murder ourselves. Murdering is also a sin. It's in the Ten Commandments. We're not supposed to do it. But when you commit suicide, you're actually murdering yourself. Suicide is a form of murder. Just as lying about yourself is a form of false testimony. So Job refuses to do this. 9. His cry doth God hear when distress cometh on him.
Job is saying that if you tell a lie about yourself, you're still a hypocrite and you're still a liar and God won't answer your prayer. 10. On the mighty doth he delight himself, call God at all times. Job says that a liar will not be able to have delight in the Lord and call on the Lord in prayer. 11. I show you by the hand of God that which is with the mighty I hide not. Job says that he is going to tell the truth that God knows is true. He is not practicing unrepentant sin. 12. Lo, ye, all of you have seen, and why is this ye are altogether vain? All of his friends know that he hasn't sinned, but in their vanity they are claiming that he sinned anyway. Job says, Why are you acting like fools? 13. This is the portion of wicked man with God, and the inheritance of terrible ones from the mighty one they receive. From this point on, throughout the rest of the chapter, from verse 14 to verse 23, Job is going to agree with his friends on one point, that ultimately, at the end of a wicked man's life, he will be destroyed. He will go into eternal destruction because of his sin. The thing that Job disagrees with them about is two things. Number one, he himself is not a wicked man. He's blameless. And number two, even though the wicked will be punished at the end of their life, they don't necessarily experience very much punishment during their lives. And that's where Job differs from them. But in the last half of this chapter, he is going to agree with them that ultimately wicked men will be punished. 14. If his sons multiply, and now Job is talking about wicked men, if they have a lot of sons, for them is a sword, and his offspring are not satisfied with bread. Ultimately, his sons may die in violence, and his children may go hungry. 15. His remnant in death are buried, and his widows do not weep. When a wicked man dies, his widow isn't sad about it. She might be relieved. 16. If he heap up as dust silver, and as clay prepare a clothing, 17. He prepareth, and the righteous putteth it on, and the silver the innocent doth apportion. Ultimately, God may take the wealth away from a wicked man and give it to the poor people, after the wicked man is dead. And in some cases he may do it while the wicked man is still alive. But usually the wicked man gets many, many years of chances to repent first. 18. He hath built as a moth his house, and as a booth a watchman hath made. Job says that a wicked man's house is like the house of a moth, meaning it won't stand. And this is metaphorical. It is a simile because it isn't necessarily talking about a physical structure, but it's talking about his household, the people in it. They won't stick together. They won't love each other. And as a booth a watchman hath made, that means that his house may also be like a booth or like a cardboard box or a little wooden box that a guard would stay in just to watch the house for night. But that's how the whole house would be. But again, this is a simile. It's not literal. It's just saying that a wicked man's house will come of naught in the end. 19. Rich he lieth down, and he is not gathered. His eyes he hath opened, and he is not. The rich man dies with his eyes open. Nobody closes his eyes for him. And he lies down and he isn't gathered with his people. He goes to hell. Instead of going to paradise, he goes to hell. 20. Overtake him as waters do terrors. By night stolen him away hath a whirlwind. 
That's what happens when wicked men die. They go to hell. So the demons grab them and take them in terror down into the pit. And they go down in a whirlwind. That's what Job is saying. 21. Take him up doth an east wind, and he goeth, and it frighteneth him from his place. Job says that the east wind carries a wicked man away. Now again, this is a simile, because you know wicked men aren't flying in the sky on the east wind. Job is just saying that their lives will pass swiftly at some unknown moment, because you never know when the wind is going to strike. 22. And it casteth at him, and doth not spare. From its hand he diligently fleeth. The wind blows violently on the wicked man. This also is a simile. Job isn't saying that literally this will happen, but he's saying that trouble will come to the wicked man's life at a time when he least expects it. He'll have to pay the piper. 23. It clappeth at him its hands, and it hisseth at him from his place. The wind will clap its hands at him and howl and hiss at him. You know how the wind makes a lot of noise, and sometimes it can make creepy noises, and that's what Job is saying will happen to the wicked man. It's simile and it's metaphor. He's just saying in general that the wicked man's life will come to an evil end. And that concludes Job chapter 27.